Over my years as a police officer, I have seen more corpses than I would care to count. Young and old, rich and poor, lame and sound. Of necessity, you become hardened, and you try not to think of the soul that so lately inhabited the body before your eyes. But the ones that I can never see without sorrow, without regret for the waste, are the self-murderers, those who choose to end their own life rather than endure whatever despair or shame or fear is tormenting them. The worst of all are the young men. With them, more often than not, the police officer has the awful prospect of seeing a young woman crumple before him and disintegrate into a widow at his news. One such was Henry Dubois, although in the normal run of things I would not have attended him at all. As one of the more experienced constables at Great Marlborough Street, I am rarely called upon in cases of self-murder, where the cause of death is usually clear and the prosecution therefore simple, without the need for further inquiry. But to be honest, once murder by another hand has been ruled out, I prefer not to encourage any investigation. It seems to me barbaric to add to the family's distress with a stain of criminality. But on this damp April morning, I was still shaking the rain from my coat and stamping my feet to warm them after the walk to work when Thomas Neal, the office keeper, called me over. Just the man, Sam. Mr Conant needs you to get to an address in Gerald Street. Looks like self-murder. Housemaid came in with a note about an hour ago. He handed me a scrap of paper. I was going to send young Wilson on his own. He jerked his head to indicate the constable waiting in the corner, hat in hand. But I had a word with the girl and it sounds like prussic acid. I don't think he's seen it before and I'd like someone with him. Big lad though he is. Nasty that is, the first time you see it. I put my coat back on and tucked the note into my pocket. Nasty every time you see it, Tom. Constable William Wilson and I walked briskly through Piccadilly, sidestepping the stallkeepers with their smoking braziers. Glancing down, I noticed that Wilson's boots were dull, and I resolved to mention it to him later. Our uniform should always be worn with pride. We both kept a careful eye out for pickpockets, who would consider a constable's handkerchief the greatest prize of all, until we turned into Gerard Street. The house we wanted was on the meaner north side of the street, where the crowded terraces looked across with envy at their grander neighbours. Wilson was usually full of questions, determined to learn and reluctant to show his nerves, but Tom's comment had obviously unsettled him, and he hung back as I knocked on the door. A very pale-faced maid appeared, shadows of shock under her eyes. Constable Plank and Constable Wilson from Great Mulberry Street, I said quietly. No point in giving eavesdropping neighbours something else to gossip about. The maid opened the door and beckoned us in quickly, shutting the door firmly against the chill wind. The master's in there. Well, his body, she said, pointing to a door off the hallway. The mistress is with him. We waited. Did you want me to announce you only? A tear made its way down her cheek. The poor girl was obviously terrified of having to look at the corpse again. No. No, that won't be necessary, I said, taking off my hat and giving it to her, and indicating to Wilson to do the same. It gave her something to do with her trembling hands. Only the master, sir, he, well, he looks... She bit her lip and looked at me with more tears standing in the corners of her wide eyes. I put my hand on her shoulder. I know, it's very frightening to see, but it will have been quick and painless, and his suffering is over now. She nodded wordlessly, dropped an untidy curtsy and left us alone in the hallway. 
I glanced at Wilson, who could now rival the little maid for pallor. Ready? Try not to show the widow your distress. She has enough of her own. He nodded, and I knocked lightly on the door before going in. Prepared as I was, the stench in the room made me gasp. They had done what they could by leaving the door ajar and opening the window wide behind the drawn curtains, but bitter almonds is a pungent smell that claws at your throat. Wilson clapped his hand to his mouth. The corpse was laid out on the dining table covered with a heavy cloth, another attempt, I guessed, at containing the odour. Sitting beside the table, her handkerchief clutched to her nose was the widow. As she looked up at me, her eyes enormous with grief and fear, I could see that she was no more than thirty. "'Mrs. Dubois?' I asked. She nodded. "'I am Constable Plank from Great Mulberry Street.' 